Welcome to another edition of Mormon Land. I'm managing editor Dave Noyce, and I'm here again with our senior religion reporter, Peggy Fletcher Stack. Hello, Peggy. Hi, Dave. Well, we've seen in the news this week that the federal government recently released a sweeping scientific report filled with dire predictions if climate change isn't addressed. But President Donald Trump is doubting his own administration's findings. The White House's perplexing response set off a fresh debate this week about the perils of a warming climate. As that debate, like the planet itself, heats up, we've invited a Latter-day Saint environmentalist to discuss her activism and how her faith informs it. Ty Markham, a co-founder of the Mormon Environmental Stewardship Alliance, joins us today by phone. Ty, welcome. Thank you. Well, let's start uh, with what we just talked about. What was your reaction to President Trump's reaction to the climate study? I haven't actually heard all of his reaction. I think I just heard a little soundbite that said something like he didn't believe it or whatever. I, I, nothing would surprise me, actually, but um, it, it is disturbing to think that uh, the leader of our nation right now is not taking a serious look at our changing climate. That's that's about where that is right now. Yeah. Well, okay. Uh, I just kind of wanted to get that out of the way, but I want to now focus more on your specific involvement on the issues. Tell us how you got involved in environmental issues and, and how how the Stewardship Alliance came about. Well, I've had concerns about our environment for a long time. In fact, most of my life, actually, I would say, as a young person, um, I'm now in my late 60s, so we can go back to my 20s, and uh, even back then, it was the 70s, and I was quite concerned at that time. So, you know, I've had decades of concern about the environment. Um, as a Latter-day Saint, you know, the church has taken more aggressive, or I, I wouldn't say aggressive, that's not the word, more um, ex explicit stands on the environment in previous decades than they have in, in this decade. And I think perhaps because um, it's become more of a div divisive issue or more politicized, however you want to say it. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't feel that I was alone in my concern uh, way back when, but as as we got into our, you know, into the 2000s and uh, finding that um, there there wasn't a lot of opportunities um, uh, promoted for LDS people to to um, become activists on environmental topics. And when I moved to Utah in 94, um, I just discovered that actually there was a problem with air quality in the city. I worked at the University of Utah for many, many years and had to deal with the inversion, and I was very surprised to see that it was as bad, if not worse, than what I left in Southern California. So it was kind of a shock, and I think that's how I got initially involved um, here in Utah, but that didn't really happen until about 2012-ish. It was toward the end of 2012 that I heard that there was a group forming in Provo area called LDS Earth Stewardship, and I thought, wow, that sounds great. I'm so excited to hear that maybe LDS people are 
going to get involved in um, protecting our environment and addressing these air quality issues. And so, um, so I and a few other people were interested in joining that group, and we did. In fact, I'm still a member of LDS Earth Stewardship. But we found that they were more uh, their um, structure is really designed to be educational only and not activist. And and a lot of us felt that we could do more than our just our personal lifestyle changes to address climate change. That we actually wanted to be able to um, actively lobby for better air quality and other. Uh, resolutions to these climate problems. And so we kind of split off at that point and decided to start our own more activist-oriented group. And this was in early 2013. Um, there was a couple of BYU professors and um, a lot of us were BYU alumni and a lot of just parents very concerned about the environment and for their families. And we got together and formed MESA, Mormon Environmental Stewardship Alliance. How big is the group now, Ty? How big is the group? Yeah. Our membership is about 160, maybe closer to 200 now. Um, it's not a huge group of membership people that have you know, actually gone on our website and signed up to become a member, but we do have a lot of followers that are supportive and follow us on Facebook, quite a few more. I think it's about 600 or 700, and um, that's you know, always expanding. Uh, we're have very happy about that. Have you taken on specific issues? As you said, you're, you wanted to be more activist. What are your issues? Well, clean air obviously is one of our main issues initially, and that it doesn't stop there. We're concerned about clean water issues. Um, um, disappearing species. I mean, it's a broad spectrum, really. Um, if we look at our our state, we're concerned, you know, about the Great Salt Lake um, eventually, possibly drying up and uh, becoming a dust bowl in the future. And we'd like to see our rivers stay um, intact and not be diverted uh, to the point that. Our main bodies of water are are harmed, so that's another issue that's local that we are concerned about. So let's talk religion. How does your how does your Mormon faith inform your activism? What what specific aspects of uh, Latter Day Saint teaching do you draw on? There are so many scriptures. Um, that are specific to Latter-day Saint scriptures, it just is mind-boggling. I think people are really surprised when they go on the church's web. We try to guide them to go on the church's uh, new page on LDS.org, the re resource, um, and, and look at those resources because there are literally hundreds of admonitions and and exhortations and um chapters even of books from LDS scholars that are in that archive and it is fascinating but you know just as before looking at the archive I mean just growing up and being in the church you, you know all these years I've read and heard many sermons about protecting 
our climate and our just being good stewards of the earth and how important that is and how that relates to our own spirituality and our salvation that you know the creation is is inter it, it's interwoven i mean we're all connected and um our it's important to all of us for survival and for our spiritual salvation to to take care of our only planetary home that we have but don't you and find a, go ahead there are some who would argue scriptures say humans should have dominion over the whole earth and that everything was created sort of for human pleasure and benefit and aren't that are, what do you say to folks like that well i've heard that many times and i mean i can't say that we're not supposed to enjoy the resources that are are part of our our earth and opportunities for us to um grow and and to develop our civilizations from these earthly resources that are here um, but we're also challenged to replenish the earth and that doesn't just mean you know having children multiplying and replenishing with uh, children it also means you know putting back what we take or you know replenishing our reserves and protecting uh, for future generations so and we've been we've been um, admonished about these issues from many prophets old and new that these are important in fact um, our current prophet it has mentioned this in, in past writings I think for maybe a maybe it's been 10 or 12 years ago but I I love that um, statement and it was from a talk that he gave I believe it uh, it might have been at um, a BYU symposium but I think it was anyway it, it was in the uh, new era I believe or the ensign and it said that he said that um, it was crucial and spiritually important that we be good stewards of the earth and protect it for future generations and that is totally in line with all the other scriptures literally hundreds of them throughout our scriptures and from prophets that have just spoken um, in in talks Ty you mentioned at the start uh, some of the initiatives the church has launched um, you, you know they've they've been building green meeting houses that are more energy efficient uh, President Dallin Oaks gave a speech warning about climate change, or at least mentioned in, in a speech. You mentioned mm -hmm. also the Earth Stewardship page that the church has on its website. What right. would you like to see the church to do more to address environmental concerns? Um, I'm really pleased about what they've done so far, and I, I like that they're taking the lead on certain things like the chapels being um, designed for solar and for efficiency and uh, or energy efficiency, and I think that sets a really good example without becoming politicized. And I think we can continue to do leading out in in that that vein, um, leading out and showing by example um, how we uh, want to uh, 
protect our environment, as well as um, having lessons perhaps in the future in, or maybe soon and not necessarily in the future. Um, lessons designed. I would like to see more lessons in Sunday school or Relief Society that you know, actually talk about our, the importance of our role in being good stewards over the earth. Would you like to see more addresses over the pulpit in, say, a, 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 even a wider form and more publicized form like General Conference? Oh, I certainly would. In fact, I remember a time when over the pulpit and we were, we were encouraged by one of our prophets, I'm trying to remember now which one, who I think it was Spencer W. Kimball that really encouraged everyone to start walking to church and stop driving cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, to church when we live so close. Um, that was just one of the things that were suggested, and I thought that was marvelous, and it really did make a difference in our area, and this was in Southern California, where I lived at the time. Um, you know, just the fact that cars are idling and all of that, it's, it, can, it can affect our health. I thought that was really wonderful, and also uh, it saves our resources. But I also would love to see it um, at General Conference, and I think the time is coming that we will start hearing more about what we can do to be good stewards over General Conference. Stewards is kind of in stewardship, which also have in the name of your group, is sort of a religious, scriptural kind of term, too. It, it, it's got roots there. Um, and, and you refer to things in Scripture, like, you know, uh, you talked about replenishing the earth and tending to it, uh, instructions that... You know, the Bible says we're given to Adam. So if you got up in a class, for instance, and said Adam was the first environmentalist, how do you think Mormons would react to a statement like that? I think they would smile and giggle a little bit, (laughs) and they would find that delightful. (laughs) Because he truly was. I mean, he tended that garden so well. Do you think they'd agree (laughs) with that, though? I think they would. I think, the, by and large, most people agree that stewardship is important. I do recognize, and this is, I think, obvious to most LDS people, that our culture is really diverse. And, you know, we we're made up of city dwellers and rural folk, and our needs can be very different wherever we live in this part of the state or, or wherever in the world. And, and so there's a lot of varying degrees of interest in, in how we treat our, our planet and, you know, how we take care of our environment. Um, but I think by and large we all agree that it's an important part of being a good person. We wrote a story last year um, and you sort of alluded to this uh, at the start about sort of the divisiveness that, and, and maybe partisanship that's entered, that, that many Latter-day Saints who, who certainly care about uh, the earth and the planet, they shy away from calling themselves environmentalists. That's one of the reasons I asked that question. Why do you think it is that they're, they're afraid to, to term themselves sometimes as environmentalists? Well, I think the, that word became difficult to use after... Um, a certain point in time, because it it has a, a ring that reminds people of something that is upsetting to them that environmentalists have done. For instance, if you 
live in rural Utah like I do and Tory, um, you know, you, you understand why a lot of these folks are very upset about environmentalists because um, sometimes they want to take control over, let's say, some roads that go up into their the mountains around their area, and they want to do uh, want these roads to be um, maybe they want more of these roads, and they you know they're trying to push for that, and then environmentalists will say no, you can't do that because we there's a species that is. Um, that is at risk, that is needs to be protected, and lawsuits are then involved in litigation. And, and that creates that, that division. If I can expound on that a little bit more, for instance, um, when a lot of the um, lumber mills went out of business uh, during the eight, early 80s and throughout the 80s primarily, um, you know, there was... There was a concern about, you know, not having jobs and um, not having an industry that would keep their communities alive. So, you know, environmentalists that were not wanting a lot of lumber taken off the mountain for, you know, wanting to protect species, they saw that as quite the opposition to progress. And so then environmentalism then became... I think synonymous with no growth or no progress, and so and, you know stopping things from moving forward economically. So, um, why it's been said that Latter Day Saints are less inclined to believe in climate change than other people of other faiths. Why do you think that might be the case? You know, I'm not really sure that's. True, although I think I, I've seen a lot of varied uh, opinions about climate change in our among our faith, our members of our faith. Uh, but I don't necessarily believe that it's that it's really worse in in among Mormons. I think it may be a regional thing. It could be uh, dependent upon where you live and how you earn your living. But but I and so I think there may be some motivational aspects that um, that make it more difficult for people to go along with the belief that it's man-made climate change. But I believe that by by and large, most by far most Mormons are educated, believe in science, and do believe that there is climate change, and then. The question of whether or not that climate change is caused by human activity becomes the divisive issue, I believe. And some people will say, well, there's sun flares and there's all these other possible you know, reasons why the climate is warming. And yes, those are all accurate, I think, in, to some degree. However, you know, there, there's sort of a motivation to try to leave out the obvious um, human activity portion of that, but scientists are pretty clear if you follow, if you look at all of the data for, you know, tracking back many, many decades, it's really obvious that it's human activity that is pushing us over the edge into a catastrophic outcome. Do you think, uh, Ty, do you think many Mormons, most of whom are politically conservative, see the environment as a, quote, liberal issue? And thus, they shy away from any activism. 
I think there is a, a large degree of um, what you just described, where people equate being an you know, activist for the environment as being a liberal and being, you know, um, and, and, and with all the baggage that comes with that term liberal, and that's unfortunate. Our group is nonpartisan, and we do have Republicans in our group as well, because Republicans are concerned about their air quality. I mean, I believe that there's not a parent in in any of Utah that would wake up and you know, in an inversion and be happy about the air that we have to breathe and, and not worry about their children or, you know, asthma and, you know, the health of their entire family. So it's not that they don't care about the environment. I think it's just that there's a hesitation to get involved as an activist to some degree because that to them makes them feel like, well, that's just what that's just what, you know, that's what extremists do. That's what, you know, maybe that's what they think, that this is this is for people that want to get out there with signs and do a march or do a rally, and that's just not my style. So they're not going to necessarily want to get out and, and demonstrate or, or march or, you know, just even get out and hold up a sign at a rally. That's just not not the popular thing among our faith, but but LDS people are really willing to sign petitions, uh, to write letters to the editor, to write to their congressperson. Um, they are concerned about issues, and a lot of those issues have to do with clean water and a healthy soil and clean air, and they will do that. They are, I think they are potentially just as... Um, activists as any group except that they don't like contention and they tend to shy away from contentious activities. And they see demonstrating or going to rallies that sometimes leads to contention. Well, I was going to ask about that. And, and matter of fact, I'm looking out the window right now, looking at our air building up and the gunk is building up right now. Uh, they are sort of, Mormons do seem sort of conflict averse. They don't want to clash. They don't want to do those kinds of things, but isn't that maybe the kind of thing that needs to happen? And how would you answer to answer them on that? Well, I would say, you know, you have to understand that um, most rallies are not like, the news will always focus on the sensational. And so you're going to see on TV, you know, maybe uh, mean signs or, you know, angry people or clashes that people get into uh, from time to time when there's a rally. But Honestly, we we need to show our leaders that there are lots of us that are very, very concerned and that this is going to affect our health, it's going to affect our children, it's going to affect how we vote. And, um, you know, they need to start paying attention to how these people feel, especially in the state of Utah, where we are a very, very powerful voting bloc. So back to a religious kind of question. Do you, when you hear some of the dire warnings of of climate change and what could happen to the planet, does that make you think about some of the rhetoric in Scripture about the end times? And do you think that plays a, is a factor at all? I think it is. Um, I think for a lot of people, especially maybe older generations, my generation, baby boomers and older, 
I think we tend to feel that, well, you know, we've been reading these reading these in the scriptures forever, and we know that um, these are the end times, and evil has grown in the world, and it's it's just part of all that, and, and it's all going to happen whether we do anything or not. I think they take a very fatalistic view in general. Um, those that are just kind of settled in their their disbelief that that there's any reason that they should be getting you know out of their comfortable homes and doing anything about it. I believe that they just have a fatalistic sort of gloom and doom view of it. But that, I think that's still a minority uh, because if you look at the the group, you know, the generational differences, as I look at um, Gen X and Gen Y and millennials, they have a very different take on things. And that's very refreshing when it comes to the environment and, and many other ways as well. They're much more open to new ideas. Um, they're hopeful uh, generally, much more hopeful about what we can do if we put our mind to it to turn these things around in terms of getting toward a a clean a green economy and um, using technology to solve some of the big problems that we face. I think there's a lot more optimism among the younger set, so and that you, gives me lots of hope. Do you think that's true among Latter-day Saint young people too, um, that, that they're, they're going to be pushing the envelope more on pushing uh, environmental uh, causes? Absolutely. I mean, there's a group at BYU, and, I, and um, they're all over. But I, I believe that our young students, they're, they're not – well, they're educated. They're getting educated. They're hearing this stuff, and this is, this is their future. They're going to be living through – what is being predicted, and they are awake um, by and large. I mean, yes, there are a few that are um, still maybe thinking that, well, this is just um, this is just a ploy to get people to pay more, you know, carbon tax money, or they maybe are into some um, fear about a conspiracy that might be behind it, and, and use that as an excuse not to do anything. I've heard lots of those kinds of um, concerns, but and I and I'm not saying that they're they're all wrong. I'm just saying that the majority of the problem rests upon just our um, overuse of and reliance on fossil fuels. And I, all that we know that we've learned from science is that we we need to start that transition it's got to go fast or we are we're not looking at a whole lot of time to to do that before we're in cataclysmic meltdown a couple of questions as we wrap up um just Mm -hmm. what would you most like to see happen from latter-day saints in regards to the environment well i would like to see them uh start talking about it more openly in a positive way from the pulpit, as we mentioned earlier, um, because I think that it can be discussed without it being politicized. We don't have to use the term environmental. We need to talk about our planet, and this is our home. This is the only earthly, the only mortal home we're going to have in our lifetime. And uh, we are charged spiritually 
to be stewards over this and protect it. And one reason that we're looking at uh, what's happening today is because we have not been adequate stewards of our environment. We haven't um, been careful. And uh, now we're paying some of that price, and we are going to have to turn it around. And I think we can do that together. We don't have to split up. And I think there's a lot of win-win opportunities. In fact, everywhere I look, there are win-win opportunities in turning this situation back. Even though it's not going to be easy, we can retrain, we can work, pull together. LDS people are known for being able to do this. And we we do this better than most organizations do. That's why whenever there's a crisis, you know, a climate crisis, who's there first? Oftentimes it's the church. It's people from the wards that live locally or or maybe even travel from distances to get there and help help turn that situation around very efficiently. And I think the the LDS church is a powerhouse in in waiting and we just need to come out now and and start showing our real stripes when it comes to being great stewards. Hmm. Uh, one little aside I'm going to ask you, um, given President Nelson's plea, are you going to change the name of your group? Am I going to do what? Change the name of your group. Oh, oh, about the name change. Busy Mormon, yes. <laughs> That's a good one. But... I think it's a, we're still pondering that. <laughs> okay. It's it a little awkward, and we really love our anagram, Mesa. <laughs> Mesa, it's yes. It's so easy with that M there. Yeah. <laughs> so, and because we're not official, I mean, we are a grassroots organization. We're not anything official, so to speak. <laughs> so uh, we've we've decided for now that we're going to keep Mormon but I, you know, we we certainly in our writings we we try to avoid just using the term Mormon. We like to say members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints uh, when we describe ourselves, etc. But as far as the name of our group, we haven't come up with a good one yet. We understand <laughs> you perfectly on that, Ty. Ty Markham, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us and share your insights on this subject. Mm my pleasure thank you and thanks to peggy fletcher stack always a pleasure and we also thank our producer sarah weber a reminder you can subscribe to our free newsletter just go to sltrib.com to sign up and we'll talk again next week on mormon land <laughs>